In a world fraught with fantasy football, three middle-aged idiots united by fate, filled to their tits in hot dogs and hard seltzers, somewhere between golfing for draft spots and jacking dicks, courage and not courage, between Maine and California, there lies the Bitch Pudding Fantasy Football League. Do not come. Do not come. I'm going to come. Everybody, welcome back. This is another episode of the Hot Dogs of the Turn podcast. I am Hot Day Chris, joined tonight by the usual suspect, John King, as well as a special uh, ad hoc guest, Mr. Uh, Brendan, Brendan Dyer himself. Hello, hello. Covering for Brooks while he has diarrhea. Yes. How ironic, though, really. Honestly. He, he he makes fun of you for impromptu shitting all the time, and here he is, the one who can't control his shit. Yeah, he finally has a glimpse into my life. It's a daily right? occurrence. <laughs> I feel like this is karma at its finest. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, you mentioned that uh, that you would normally be recording your your other podcast tonight, so. Uh, you know, as a man who also tries to do way too much in his spare time, I uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us. So, thank you. Absolutely, I know where the priorities lie. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this league does carry a lot of weight. Uh, I've been playing in a league for a lot of years that um, you know is fun, and I I have a lot of friends, other you know friends I've known for a long time in. And uh, all of a sudden, this this league has taken priority for me as well. So, definitely get that. John's in Miami. And Benito Amiami. <laughs> well played. Yeah. Right off the cuff. Yeah, that was... Uh, I, I want to pat myself on the back. Uh, it, it mostly was sparked because I needed a translator to go get a haircut. And then if there wasn't a uh, one of those little touch screens in order to order at McDonald's, I wouldn't have been able to order at McDonald's Ooh. because uh, yo no comprende espanol. So, right. yeah, uh, funny thing happened to me. I was waiting because, uh, you know, it was like 80 degrees out today and it was fucking gorgeous. I go to walk uh, across the street and I just see something brown land on my hand and I look yeah. up. And there's a ton of birds over my head. So a yeah. bird shit on me within minutes of arriving to Miami. And I'm Dude. thinking, like, this this fucking sucks. Fuck you, Miami. And then I, I moved over to the right in order to get out of the, the line of fire from the birds. And then two birds side by side shit. And they, they shit on my shoes. Two birds simultaneously shit on my shoes. And, uh, like, fucking... Like in tandem, like synchronized shit on your shoes. Yeah. Two two birds, one cup is what you're saying. Two two birds, one shoe. Huh. So John, was this a take your shirt off Miami John situation? Use it as a rag or what? Ooh. Uh so the grass was wet in front of me and I actually did take my shoe off and I rubbed it into the grass using that as like a uh, nature's brillo pad type situation. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> oh god, I love it. I just I really wanted to tell that story because there's somebody that's going to be listening that absolutely has uh, been shit on 
uh, by a bird, uh, Jesse Keith. Oh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> me borrowed, too. Borrowed a T-shirt because uh, he was out and he was in like Atlantic City, and as soon as he just got done losing all of his money. Uh, he walked out of the casino and a bird immediately shit on his friend's shirt that he was wearing. <laughs> I'm sorry if I messed that story up, Jess, but I think that's the gist of it. Holy shit. Oh, Jesse. Um, I, I... <laughs> when I was in college and shortly after, I worked, uh, I worked at Lowe's and, um, I spent a, a lot, a couple of years, I think, actually working out in the garden center. And uh, if you're not familiar, you're not paying attention. There's this huge canopy that lives over the garden center at Lowe's, and uh, birds, a lot of birds, make their nest in there. So, you know, if you're walking around in the very back of the garden center at like a Lowe's or a Home Depot, you'll see that it's covered. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's you're like a prime candidate for getting shit on. So I worked out there for like two years and never got shit on by a bird. And then like <clears throat> another like year later, I had climbed the rungs of the corporate ladder. I became a manager and I was just like randomly out there um, doing something and just completely by chance, a, a bird just randomly shit on my hand. It was really <laughs> pretty much everything I expected, I guess, <laughs> about getting shit on. <laughs> Well, it's the surprise, and then the disgust, and then the yeah. hate and anger. Like, it was it was the most, like, audible splat I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. But I About... digest. But... <laughs> <laughs> About... About fantasy football, I guess. Um, so this week's this this week's uh, uh, this week's intro uh, is brought to you by El Segunda's uh, Steve Austin's Broken Skull Lager, uh, because it's three dollars and sixteen cents for a four pack of this at Damon's Beverage in Bangor. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, you really can't go wrong with three dollars and sixteen cents for a four pack of beer. Um, no matter what it is, so that's what I am drinking tonight. Yeah, that feels like a sore dick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it makes it makes the pain of drinking a twenty dollar four pack a lot better when you supplement it with three three dollar four packs. Yep. Um. All right. So, I mean, this week, just a real quick thing. Um, I just kind of wanted to. This is kind of something I was thinking about last week as well, but um, I just kind of wanted to take a look at like. Um, who are the fantasy winners and losers of the last couple of weeks? And really what I mean by that is, um, you know, injuries and, uh, you know, as a result of the uh, past week's trade deadline. And the one that came to my mind uh, initially was, uh, I mean, TJ Hawkinson. Um, I mean, probably, in my mind, I think is, is probably an upgrade. Um, and, you know, a open to discussion about that but also um i feel like that's an upgrade for uh kirk cousins and i feel like it's potentially an upgrade for justin jefferson because it's another distraction um for him and i think we probably saw that this past week um 
I think it's pretty easily a downgrade for for uh, Jared Goff. But uh, what do you, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, so I actually hadn't been paying attention too much to him since he went out to uh, Minnesota. Um, it looks like he's having a pretty decent year uh, out there as well. Um, just turning into like a, a super solid, um, more on the consistent side. Over in uh, in uh, Detroit, he had uh, he had an okay game, and then he had a massive blow up game. But other than that, he was uh, not super relevant. So, yeah, yeah, go figure. You got a better quarterback, you're gonna you're gonna be a little bit better in fantasy. Because um, yeah, you're right. He's he's a good uh, he's a good tight end. Um, once Irv Smith got hurt, uh, they needed somebody, and you know you're looking at a. Uh, I don't know. Would you say that he's a uh, Kyle Rudolph light, or even just uh, just as good as Kyle Rudolph? Because you know that last time they had a really good tight end, it was it was uh, him, probably a handful of years ago when he was in his prime. I think that's a good comp. Yeah, and I'd say the big thing for me is that Adam Thielen just really hasn't performed very well, and so having a guy like Hawkinson really, I think, opens up Jefferson better than Adam Thielen did. I've only watched the Vikings a couple of times this year, but it seems like every single play, Thielen goes down with some sort of injury, and he's wincing in pain, and then all of a sudden he's back in the game two plays later. But I think that's the the big thing for me. Yeah, that's I, a that's a really good point too. And yeah, I mean, if if Thielen remains healthy, that's that's just yet another distraction for you know uh, targets to go one of three ways essentially. And I mean, even KJ Osborne uh, last week had a nice week because of a. a or I, I guess I'm I guess I'm being presumptuous here, but say KJ Osborne um, was was targeted a fair amount, <clears throat> and I, I think it's probably a, a result of an additional like formidable distraction. Yeah, as long as Cook still hit, gets his out there, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it was looking pretty bleak there for a minute, man. Yes, was, it was. It was not looking good at all. Yeah, but I was playing against your team this week, so who really fucking cared? Yeah, it didn't really matter what you did. <laughs> You're a freight train. Brendan actually picked up a couple of guys that I really wanted, and they were doing well. And I was thinking, like, man, if I had those guys, I would have been able to win. But no, I, I still wouldn't have been able to win, so it just doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> um, I mean, this is a more recent one. Uh, Cooper Cup just went on IR for uh, ankle injury, and... It was something that was kind of foreshadowed a couple of weeks ago, um, but is now definitely at the forefront because, yeah, he's on the IR. And um, this is a Rams team that's uh, struggled a lot already, and I think we talked about this a little bit um, off uh, off the recording where, you know, I think this it's pretty safe to assume that this is a, uh, this is a huge downgrade for, for Matt Stafford. Um, you know, maybe an upgrade for some of his other guys, but Matt Stafford is going to struggle mightily, I think, uh, with Cooper Cup on the shelf. What do you guys think? Oof. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, and I think the the spotlight here is on Allen Robinson. Can he really, you know, he's done, done it before with uh, the Snake back in Jacksonville. Yep. He didn't do it with the Bears in his couple seasons there, so is he going to be able to do it here for the Rams with Matt Stafford? I don't really know, so we'll have to watch and see. The snake, Blake Bortles? Yes, sir. <laughs> Why were they calling him the snake again? Uh, I don't I mean, remember. It's, it's Blake Blake the snake versus Jake the snake. Uh, I Jake guess the snake so. Snake Roberts. 
Yeah, sure. Wasn't it just fancy footballers fancy. that were calling them that? Yes. Yeah. All right. I, I concur. There you go. Um, I think there's maybe two benefactors to this. Uh, Allen Robinson um, had, you know, always he's very capable. He always shows flashes of brilliance. Um, but I really think this is probably uh, a big opportunity for Van Jefferson and uh, for Tyler Higby. Probably Tyler Higby more than anybody, but I'd agree. Yeah, that's actually I was I was going to uh, to their lineup and see who their tight end was. I thought it was Higby, but yeah, Higby will probably be showing up quite a bit. Um, Van Jefferson just maybe will get a sprinkle of those targets, but I bet you're going to see a lot more uh, from uh, from Higby now. Yep. Um. All right. So, do you want to talk about Deshaun Watson, John, or no? Um. I don't know. Yeah, like, I wonder what your guys' opinion is. Like, the Browns haven't been terribly bad. Um, Deshaun Watson's going to come in, and, like, so we've never seen Deshaun Watson play without a guy like um, DeAndre Hopkins. Was DeAndre Hopkins making Deshaun Watson look good, or does Deshaun Watson just, like, a fucking great quarterback? Because with uh, DeAndre Hopkins over in uh, Arizona he makes Kyler Murray look way better too. So do the Browns have the weapons in order to highlight and utilize Watson, or is Watson a better quarterback and make everybody else look like they're going to be better? Plus the dude hasn't thrown footballs in like fucking two years. Fair point. Yeah, that's a tough one because, like, you know, like you said, um, you know, it's been a minute since we've seen him. Um, he's basically always had a, an elite weapon at his disposal. Um, he is one of those volatile guys, much like a, a Kyler Murray, who will throw picks from time to time. Um, however, uh, he doesn't. He doesn't have the elite weapon like he used to have, but I, I feel like um, with Amari Cooper and with the emerging Donovan Peoples-Jones, yeah, he's, I mean, and, you know, pending Jonathan, uh, or, or I'm sorry, David Njoku's situation, he he arguably has more weapons than he ever had. So I think he has he a can more well-rounded team. Yeah. So it could be good. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see him be the, you know, the fantasy stud he once was because that's just kind of how it works when you got when you got that many guys to spread the wealth to. He's probably not going to have to run as much, and he's he's probably not going to be afforded the ability to run as much, um, especially Plus with two dude, like good running backs on his team. So, yeah. Plus, that dude is diabolically horny. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help himself. He is diabolically horny. Is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm really curious when they're actually going to make the move to uh, to Deshaun Watson. Whether they're going to do it right away, or whether they're going to wait it out a little bit, get him some practice reps, and do it so, in a week or two. I mean, the Browns have the Bills this week, and they're currently three and six. So, as of right now, they're not really a playoff contender. Right, but with the way that they structured his deal, uh, like real pieces of shit. Uh, everything is backloaded, so he hardly gets paid anything this year. 
and then everything is is based off of uh, like that two hundred and fifty million is all uh, like after this year. So do you think they're going to wait until next season, or do you think he's going to get in this season? Well, like if he was if he garnished a, a huge salary this year, they might be more apt to play him. But if they have no reason to not play him because they're fucking playing like shit and just who fucking cares, then, you know, they could either just say, like, let's hold him off so he doesn't get hurt or let's just kind of, like, slow play him in and, you know, see who our best option is. Like, they might not just go ahead and, and, and catapult him in there uh, against the Titans or against right. the Texans. As, as good of a game script or as good of a script as that is, like, to have him debut against this former team... They might not do it, but realistically, they probably will. Jacoby Bursett is just not, he's not the guy. They didn't pay him. Follow the money, and it's, it's going to be Deshaun Watson's team pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that's a really good point. Um, if they don't have a huge commitment, then why do I commit if you don't need to? Especially, well, I, I actually don't know the terms of his contract. I don't know if it's, <clears throat> I don't know if it's guaranteed. I want to say that like a lot of his deal was guaranteed. So I think it's all might... guaranteed, if not like ninety some odd percent of it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe in that case, they do they do play him and just get him on the field as soon as they can. But who knows? We'll see. We'll find out real fucking shortly. Um. This week's, uh, or the, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, week 10 recaps? Yeah, week 10 recaps uh, are brought to you by Ralph Macchio, and uh, that is because um, we, and by we, I mean me specifically, put Johnny in a body bag. Um, so <laughs> thank you to Cobra Kai's body bags, because... Uh, couldn't have done it without you. Appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> so I, I do have a salary cap, and I'm just trying to gloss over and not even pay attention to you calling me fucking Johnny in a body bag. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Deshaun Watson this year, his base salary is four hundred and two thousand uh, dollars. He got a nine million dollars signing bonus, um, and then after that, his contract is structured. To be forty-six million base salary, dude. Uh, wow. For the next one, two, three, four years after that, so his dead cap is two twenty-nine, and then yeah, so like it, it looks like it's looks like it's all guaranteed, man. Holy fuck! Good for him, fucking rapist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So, I mean, Jesus, wow. Um, looking at the recaps from, from last week's previews, um, we had, uh, we had a really fun one with, uh, the two brothers matchup. It's just two brothers. Um, <laughs> it's just called two brothers. <laughs> of Brendan and Brooks. Um, Brendan, well, by the way, welcome to your first exposure of being, uh, roasted on live on the podcast. Um, but, uh, this, this looked a lot closer than it was going to be. And I, I mean, 
wholeheartedly, Brennan and I were texting uh, on Sunday, and I, I really legitimately thought that this was going to be an incredible ending. Um, and it just ended up not being, unfortunately. Um, so so Brooks was able to take it down 187 to 136. Uh, at the time, Brooks was in fourth. Brennan was in second. Um, Brennan had a really good uh, opportunity to move into second uh, after last week. And it, it just kind of it just didn't pan out. It just kind of ran into a buzzsaw. But it was a it was definitely a heartbreaker for Brandon because he missed projections uh, by eight points. <clears throat> and you know you're always hoping to beat your projections. Uh, and then Brooks, on the other hand, beat his projections by forty two points. So that's pretty fucking hard to overcome. Um, Brandon got a monster game out of Christian Kirk uh, as he should have against K- Kansas City's defense um, because. Uh, I, I don't know. They, they're. I think I was talking about this last week with Minnesota, where they'll just allow as many points as you want. Where Kansas City's defense will just as la- allow as many uh, passing yards as you want to fucking throw. It's crazy. Um, but literally everyone uh, else on Brendan's roster missed projections, um, and Eckler was is the standout here. Um, I mean that's kind of be to be expected. Uh, going up against uh, San Francisco's defense, uh, but man, yeah, it's just it's hard to overcome. And then um, George Kittle—that's that hurts a lot. Um, <clears throat> Brooks got the expected monster week out of Saquon Barkley uh, against Houston. Everybody's just lighting them up. Um, you're talking about—I uh, mean, you know, good, really good, and two elite running backs who are putting up monster scores against Houston's run defense. Um, you saw it from Derrick Henry a couple weeks ago, but Saquon Barkley is uh, definitely in that same class, and, and he just went ape shit. Uh, Gabe Davis continues to not score 30 points, and Justin Jefferson did Justin Jefferson things uh, to lead Brooks to his victory. Um, we got uh, colonization, uh, third place um, as of last week, Colin versus uh, Karate Scott, the sexual deviant. Um, that was way too close of a matchup. <laughs> 116 to 97 um, for a 3 versus 12. Uh, Scott's hand was kind of forced in this one because uh, Kyler Murray was a... Uh, uh, or, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Kyler Murray was a late scratch. Um, so, you know, I think at that point it was after the 1 p.m. cutoff. And uh, obviously at that point you have little to zero options of who you can pick up for a quarterback. So um, having to pick up Wolford after a late scratch uh, was obviously not helpful. Um, it was great that he didn't take a zero, of course, but um, it's it's not much better than that. Um, it didn't really have any bearing on the disappointing performances by Debo, sorry, Debo and um, Dolchich, but uh, not a bad showing all around, just kind of a, a victim of circumstance. Colin continues to show why he doesn't deserve to be in second place by uh, scoring 116 points. Um, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes carried his team, um, obviously just, you know, consistent with his performances. He also had uh, solid performances by his running backs, uh, Devin Singletary and Nick Chubb, but others were pretty disappointing. The injury to Juju was kind of out of his control, and then uh, the goose egg from uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 
Um, I don't know what you do about that, but it, you know, a zero is a zero. So I, I don't know what you do. I mean, especially against Tennessee's defense, like you, I mean, you got to expect a lot more than zero. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, Colin, Colin benefits from that by, you know, moving, uh, moving back into the second. Um, and Karate Scott, uh, does not benefit from that at all. <laughs> Losing does not benefit you. No. When, when you lose. No, generally especially, not. Especially in a redraft league, uh, and, uh, a woman's outfit's on the line. It is. That was for you. Yeah, so I've got uh, John taking on Hot Take Chris. Uh, John is uh, was in the fifth, first place going to into this matchup. Chris was in fifth place. And uh, Chris actually wins in a blowout victory by 55. Chris finishing with uh, just shy of 175 points. And John, he finished with 120. But I think the big takeaway from this matchup is when you sequence John's points scored on a weekly basis, 120 this week becomes his new median. So that's pretty impressive for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just going to leave this alone. (laughs) Brennan, you uh, you being an engineer, you should know better. I love it. Oh, I know. I know. That's a complete fraud. That's I, a lie. <laughs> I, I figured. I figured as much. Yeah, so, John, you uh, you just barely missed your projection by two points here. Um, unfortunately, you only had two players break the 20-point threshold. Brissett just barely. And Devin Cook with a nice day, 29 fantasy points. Um, unfortunately, your seven other players all scored less than 18 each. And three of those actually scored less than six points. Uh, the big stinker here, which I, I was really surprised by this, is Cordero Patterson against Carolina and the rain and wind game. I mean, he missed his projection by 10 points. Like, what is going on there? And it was even a close game, too. And uh, Atlanta, they just like to run the ball. So I was I was quite surprised at this outcome. I mean, it was obviously very bold of me, but as soon as that game was over, I was like, oh, I'm good. Like, I got this fucking week under control because Cordero misses his projection by that much. That's not good. Yeah, it didn't yeah. leave me with the warm and fuzzies. Uh, I have no idea how that fucking happened. Yeah, only five rushing jumps for 18 yards. That's just, that's crazy. Yep. Um, Evan Ingram as well. I mean, I, I thought he's going to have a little bit of a better day here. He finishes three for 14, only 4.4 points. But a lot of the tight ends in in today's fantasy world don't really perform that well. So. Don't jump on my bench. <laughs> oh, it's, it's true. Yeah, you did have yeah. a lot more points on your bench. I yes. could have put my bench in, and I still would have lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dalton Schultz was seventeen point four, but even still. Uh, but you know what? Through all this, Sean, you still remain in the number one. So I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, over on Chris's side, though, he had a, a really great week. Um, he beat his projection by thirty-eight points. Big performances all around. Six of his nine players. Um, beating their projections, and big one here, Aaron Jones doubling his projection. He's, he finishes with 31.6 fantasy points. Uh, a big winner for you, Chris, your your waiver wire pickup from last week, I believe it was, Cole Komet. I think you may have spent like $13 on him, and yep. he got 23.4 fantasy points, two touchdowns. Yeah. Pretty impressive. 
I honestly couldn't have anticipated uh, a performance that good. Um, I, I was really just hoping for like 10, 12 points or something like that. But yeah, to, to go to the waiver and, and get a guy uh, to replace your Mark Andrews on bye. <laughs> it was, I was fucking thrilled, obviously. But I know, I think you have a kind of a difficult decision here for next week, though, because Cole Komet back-to-back weeks with two touchdowns. Right. And he has Atlanta next week. Yep. Yeah, the, the, definitely the flex position is, uh, is in flux. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see how things are shaping up toward the end of the week. I've got some guys who are questionable, so. All right, and my uh, my next matchup here, I have Mike's team who started in eighth place and not retarded. Won't kill myself with Shane. He was in tenth place. <laughs> um, this finished with a 118.3 to 104.88 victory for Shane. This does move Mike back to ninth place. Shane remo- remains the same as he was before. Mike, he uh, he missed his projections by 28. Really uh, a bad week here for Mike. Um, he only had two players topping 20 points, and that was Travis Kelsey barely beating 20 points, and then uh, Daniel Jones with 22. Um, five players scored less than 10 points, and this includes a major letdown by A.J. Brown and what should have been a pretty good matchup against Washington, only finishing with 1.7 fantasy points. That's definitely going to hurt. And uh, what I found the most interesting on Mike's team is he actually started Naheem Hines, who finished with 2.4. I mean, I'd like to know your guys' thoughts here, but <laughs> I feel like there was definitely some better options on the waivers if he had to go with somebody in the flex. Yeah, is Naheem Hines the new uh, Khalil Herbert uh, to Karate Scott? Like, <laughs> what, is, what, is, what is this? I mean... <laughs> The dude, I mean, the the dude always has he, he always has a role, but it's always a very niche and and very unpredictable role. So I I don't think he's a guy who's startable in fantasy, honestly. Like I, I mean, I'm not saying don't roster him, but unless you're in a pinch, I don't know how you start this guy or you know even put him in your flex. Yeah, he. Uh, you know what? I don't even know where where did, where did he get traded over to? Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, like he's what he's he's a third third peck in order out there. I don't know, dude. Like, I, and that's well, and that's well, that's where I, mean, I can like, sympathize that's... here. Is is like I, I don't know what the fucking depth chart in Buffalo looks like uh, internally because there's Devin Singletary who is really good, like downhill like i'm a fucking run and not catch anything kind of guy and then there's uh dalvin cook's brother who is i don't know potentially good maybe we'll see because he's dalvin cook's brother and then there's naheem hines and i i don't know who the fuck's the best one of all of them honestly Delvin cook's brother that james cook yeah okay well i guess i just don't know if i anything so, uh, yeah, I wouldn't play him. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we're there. I think we're all there. <laughs> <laughs> so, over on the other side of this matchup, I mean, Shane, other than one person, didn't really have a good week, but it was enough to get the victory here. Uh, he beat his projection by five points, and uh, 
I mean, I think Shane's should uh, rename his team to Not Retarded, I'm Just a Lamb, uh, because C.D. Lamb finished with 42 fantasy points. Oh, and Jesus that was Christ, basically bro. his entire team. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, C.D. Lamb with 42 points and Dak Prescott with 24. Um, everybody else on his team had less than 12, and that includes a goose egg from Jerry Judy, but he did get injured, so kind of yeah. has a pass there. But um, And unfortunately for... Shane Dallas Goddard did land himself on IR after this game here, and uh, he was a—I think he was a top ten, maybe even top five tight end going into uh, week eleven now. So that's gonna—that's gonna hurt for Shane. He's gonna have to make a move here. It's a big ouch. I mean, we beat this to death, but there's just no tight ends at all. Trade him Evan Ingram. Uh, all right. Well, I had a uh, I'd fine whiskey with uh, as as Brooks would do. This just in uh, is no longer little Billy Clinton. Oh he is he is uh, Asson Unique. So Asson Unique and fine whiskey. It was uh, one thirty four, one twenty one. Um, where I thought Travis really needed the win here um, because he was in sixth place holding on for dear life, and I believe this actually kicked him down to seventh. Um, but uh, fine whiskey. Colin is uh, kind, of kind, of, kind of turning it on late at the end of the year. Uh, everybody showed up and uh, had a good game for him. Uh, he was about 17 points over his projection, and uh, Gibson on Monday night was really keeping Colin alive because uh, Terry McLaurin kept on uh, closing the gap. But with that being said, because of Washington's offense, um, they've really, really did a good job keeping um, the Philadelphia Eagles offense off the field, which really kind of put a hindrance on uh, Miles Sander. So as McLaurin was getting points and Gibson was getting points, uh, Sanders wasn't. So that right there could have been the uh, the the what Travis needed in order to make the game uh, go into his favor, but it just didn't go that way. Uh, Travis had Chase Claypool. He was a big old stinker. He only had one catch for eight yards, obviously putting up 1.8 points. Uh, He had a great game from McLaurin and uh, JTT. And uh, just JTT, Brady, and McLaurin alone combined for more than half of his team's points. Um, Really can't nitpick too much on how Travis did setting his lineup because his bench was pretty shitty so uh, it, it just didn't fucking matter to begin with and uh, yeah so you know yeah, it was a heartbreaking loss for Travis but uh, then was the breaks kid uh, then I had uh, Stephen Brooks Pelosi and I believe he just changed his name uh, to back to old Tom Morris uh, Brett's team versus all biz I called this one being the game of the week, and Brett was going to win. Uh, it ended up being Brett winning, but it definitely wasn't game of the week. Um, it was about 50-point victory in in uh, Brett's favor. Uh, I thought it was going to be closer. Obviously, everybody did. They were only within a couple of points from each other when the, when the projection came out. But, uh, you know, Brett overproduced by 12, and uh, Jesse did not produce... Uh, Barely. Um, didn't even come close to his projection, so that's pretty much a, a good recipe for Brett to uh, to win a game. Uh, Jesse left Tony um, on the bench. He had 19 points. 
but uh, it really doesn't matter because he got his ass handed to him regardless. Uh, Brett charges to victory. Or his charge to victory was led by Justin Fields uh, with another just huge game, uh, 47 points. And uh, what was he, like 50-something last week, like 52? Yeah. Uh, his rushing yards are just fucking out of control right now. He put up 147 yards this week, and he had 178 last week. Like, that's just... Uh, I don't Let's even see. think... Uh, yeah, I, I don't even think um, Lamar Jackson did things like that. Like that's just fucking ridiculous. Um, he's not even putting up that many. He's he's. I think he's might be even out rushing than he is out uh, passing. But, um, <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure also, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's not even like, close. I don't think. As much as people want to make fun of Lamar Jackson, like <laughs> holy shit, Justin Fields. Uh, Tony Pollard also had a really good week. And just with Fields, Pollards, and Diggs combined, he almost beat Jesse. Uh, I think it was like 90-something points or like low 100 points. Like he almost would have beat just by just those three guys alone. But, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got. Um, we've already kind of done the Keenan Allen's uh, stale injury report as we're going through this, so... I don't know. Unless you guys got some notable uh, injury that you guys want to talk about, we can just skip over that this week. Yeah, I think we kind of addressed the Cooper Cup situation already, so uh, that's that's the big one. Yeah, and, and, and uh, Goddard. Goddard, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Not really anything you can do about either of them because you got, you know, um, maybe not first-tier tight end in Goddard, but, like, uh, 1B, like, 2 uh, tight end kind of situation like you rely, reliably good tight end you're not going to replace that and then you're definitely not going to replace a, a cooper cup type <clears throat> so uh sucks but that's uh them's the breaks yeah uh same thing with transactions though um i, I sifted through the transactions uh a lot of fucking nobodies um I don't know. Go ahead, send me hate mail, but I, I didn't see anything that was uh, that was too big of a deal. Uh, there was a couple of um, transactions that had some money on the line, like uh, Darius Slay for four bucks, Paris Campbell for four bucks, uh, Foster Moreau thirteen, <sighs> Trevor Lawrence for fifteen. But like, yeah, I mean, I Foster know. Moreau uh, Paris for Campbell. Thir- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, oh, Christian Watson uh, for 30, which yeah. is fucking ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, Paris yeah. Campbell, that was a guy that I let go, and I absolutely would have started him if I knew that uh, Matt Ryan was going to be playing. Like, I had no idea that Jeff Saturday had the type of pull to be able to say, like, I'm starting Matt Ryan. Uh, because, like, one of the arguments that uh, Frank Wright had with ownership was like he wanted Matt Ryan and the ownership was saying like we don't want you to play Matt Ryan anymore and then Jeff Saturday comes along and says I want Matt Ryan they're like yeah sure dude like go ahead and start fucking Matt Ryan it was a salary thing too from what I understood so like I I totally get your uh your argument that like I didn't know that was even an option what what do you mean it was a salary thing where well I I guess we kind of touched on this earlier <laughs> I guess we kind of touched on this earlier where we were talking about how um, football contracts aren't guaranteed necessarily. So I thought the idea was that uh, Matt Ryan would not play 
and therefore would not be guaranteed a certain amount of money. Um, so they wouldn't play. Oh, him. And okay. I, yeah, and I thought I thought that was part of the argument for not playing Matt Ryan. I I might be totally off base here, but um, that's my understanding. I'm I I'm a baseball guy where contracts are guaranteed, um, so it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around. But I I thought that's what I understood anyway. The narcissist in me uh, thinks that this was just them screwing Frank Reich, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> I like it. I think that's great <laughs> if they did. I mean, you force him to play so, a rookie quarterback that is absolutely dog shit, right? And then you kick him to the curb and hire a, a coach who hasn't coached anything above a collegiate level, and then all of a sudden he gets to pick who wants a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, are you shitting me? He so there was a there was some funny memes going out, um, and one was uh, the week before he got the hired uh, hired the job job he he lost to some high school team. Um, <laughs> Because he's a high school coach. Because he was a high school coach. Yes, me and analyst, right? And uh, and then it was like October thirtieth. Uh, he t- he tweeted, "Man, the Raiders look terrible." And then his first team that he played against was the Raiders, and he fucking beat him with Matt Ryan. If Derek Carr didn't hang out with so many high school uh, aged folks, he probably would be all set. But. <laughs> If you would study his his playbook more and and stop selling alcohol to minors, fucking Zima's Zima's in a high school parking lot. Um, if he wasn't worried about his eyeshadow, <laughs> you you silly Americans, you drink your Zimas and punch each other, silly, yeah. Um, I I just like. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd like to be more. I'd like to be more critical of the waiver pickups uh, right now because Christian Watson at thirty bucks sounds ridiculous. But we're at the point of the year where like it's fucking it's go time and like anything that could possibly be a spark to the fire, like you got to do it. Foster Moreau for thirteen bucks, I think, is actually a really good deal, um, especially knowing that Darren Waller is basically out for the rest of the year. You, you, I mean, not on a good team. You, you know, you're getting a, you're getting a guy who's receiving balls from a, from a guy who drives a fucking Trans Am, but um, it's an IROC Z, an IROC Z. But uh, you know, for thirteen bucks, for you know, a tight end that could potentially get you, you know, six, seven catches a game. That's great. Uh, Paris Campbell, four bucks, great. Um, Darius Slayton for myself, four bucks. That's a a dart throw, but uh, I don't know. I mean, there's just not not a lot out there anymore. I mean, this this league is just so deep; it's crazy. You know what IROC stands for, right? I don't. Italian retard out cruising. Oh, yeah. Should have known that. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> Please, can we move oh, on to bye. dumb cuts? <laughs> All right, dumb cuts of the dumb week. Cuts. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. Guess what, motherfucker? Dumb cunts of the week. I'm just going to go ahead and start off with the dumb cunt manager of the week is Brooks and his butt that does not know how to keep pooping. So, here. He's got a pad regulator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh john john wolford um 
he was bad, but I mean, like, he was an undrafted rookie. Like, I don't know. I, I almost feel bad putting him in there. So I did a honorable mention of Derek Carr. He was uh, the second lowest starting quarterback in our league. Um, Robert Tanyan, he had a super bad week, one catch for eight yards. Uh, and CEH, he had two targets, which you don't get points for targets. And that gave him zero points. Like, I think you were already talking about, Chris. Like, how does that even fucking happen? I just want to. This wasn't planned at all. I just want to bring this up real quick. Um, I'm I'm kind of annoyed by the fact that uh, receivers slash running backs aren't penalized for uh, non catches, whereas quarterbacks are penalized for incompletions. That seems kind of weird. So I think it's just by the subjective nature on what a target is. Is it catchable? Like, did it hit the guy's hands? You know, or was it just thrown in his direction when they were throwing the ball away? Mm-hmm. Because if a guy had two targets and, you know, the quarterback was under duress and he was just trying to get it across the line of scrimmage or mm-hmm. he was just trying to get it, you know, towards a player and he threw it at his feet because he didn't, you know, he'd rather stop the clock than have a completion for negative one yards. Like, that's not exactly, you know, in the nature of, of how it should be played. Yeah, but, like, don't you think that goes both ways? Like, if if a quarterback's in that kind of situation and they have to throw the ball away or they have to throw it at somebody's feet or out of bounds or something like that, you know, why... And they and they are penalized for that, then why is the receiver not penalized for that? I'm just saying, like... Right. I, I don't feel so like there's... The I don't feel like there's... I don't feel like there's equity. You know what I mean? So, my only argument would just be that a quarterback chooses to throw the ball. He could do several other things and, and not uh, throw that ball, but he chooses that the makes the, the conscious effort, whether it's a good football player or not, to throw that ball. That running back or that wide receiver or tight end doesn't have the option or possibly the opportunity to catch every single ball that is deemed his target. I, I, I would agree with you in that like it is it is the most it is the most beneficial thing for a quarterback to throw a ball away rather than get sacked or, you know, fucking run for a loss or whatever. But a receiver or a running back doesn't have the opportunity to decide whether they're going to be targeted or not. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like a ball might not even be catchable for him, but it's considered a target. And now they're going to be penalized for something that they had no opportunity or no chance. Well, I think some platforms track drops too, and I think that's kind of what we're talking about here. Is if it's a catchable ball, oh yeah, so drops, drops versus yeah, so drops, drops versus just like uh, if you have let's say you know ten targets and five catches, that's not five drops. That's just five balls that were in thrown in his direction. Now, if it hit his hands and it's considered a drop. I absolutely 100% could say that's a minus point right there or maybe even more. This is where it gets crazy because like the 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 optimal thing would be to penalize um quarterbacks for <laughs> throws that were incomplete and also drops and to penalize receivers or running backs for drops. <laughs> but like that's that's hyper specific. That's crazy. Well, yeah, so it wouldn't be, like... So incompletions are incompletions, not necessarily all incompletions are drops. 
So like only penalizing like yes you're if you had a uh let's say you know you're doing the wombo combo and uh you got uh josh allen thrown to to stefan diggs and he throws the ball to diggs diggs it hits his hands then you know you're getting the minus one or the minus tenth for josh allen for an incompletion but then you'd also be getting let's say minus one point from uh from stefan diggs like I'd be okay with that. I think that's a really cool way to penalize a, a ball that should have been caught. Yeah, I just <clears throat> like I said, I just, I just think like I don't know, maybe like an additional either like nullification or uh like a, an additional layer to add a little bit of equity would be uh would be ideal. There are some okay. things that like I just feel like are too uh you know, too specific and some things that maybe aren't. How about how about what we just did right here is uh, Travis the idea hamster uh, <laughs> idea. That's actually that's true. That's pretty good. We, yeah, that's something that we can look at next season. Um, yeah, yeah, but I I'll say this um, because I'm a fucking narcissist. I listen to every episode, even after I listen to it and edit it and then publish it. I still listen to it again. Um, and I'll say that that was, that was a, a point that I very much agreed with, um, from Brooks, uh, either last week or two weeks ago. I don't remember now, but, um, where you don't make changes in, in mid season. I, I totally agree with that. Like we, we're all playing here, um, you know, with a, with a set, um, uh, a set of agreed, you know, terms essentially. And I don't think you deviate from that mid season. It's been beaten to death. I could care less about right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's fucking let's speed this up. Sorry, we're do, I, I was I'm taking the place of Brooks and just fucking <laughs> soaking up all the time. Um, previews uh, for this coming week, we got first place, uh, ever- everlasting somehow. John just hanging out in first place um, versus all business. Jesse, uh, we're projected for a one nineteen. 127 lost for John um, in favor of Jesse. Uh, I think this is Jesse's opportunity to come off the snide. So Jesse's on a four-week losing streak, and if you look at uh, if you look at Jesse's team, um, Jesse is currently four and six. So what that means is that uh, when this whole thing started, Jesse was four and two. Uh, Jesse was Jesse was in a bad luck. Uh, low playoff situation when this fucking started, and I felt bad for him because he had a uh, absolutely monster game in the beginning of the year with over 200 points, and there's only been four of those, two of which are mine, one Brooks, and uh, one Jesse, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I think this is Jesse's opportunity to write the ship, and uh, I love the opportunity for Kadarius Tony. Um, you know, pending Juju Smith-Schuster's situation, uh, Brandon Cooks, and then, you know, potentially uh, Christian McCaffrey, despite the resurgence of Eli uh, Mitchell. I don't think any of us saw the kind of role that Eli Mitchell was going to play uh, in last week's game. Um, it's Christian McCaffrey. Like, dude's not going to be uh, overshadowed. So he's he's probably going to have a nice game. Um, just depends on how much they want to uh, work into Eli Mitchell to that. Uh, John uh, has really good matchups for literally everyone, maybe with the exception of Delvin Cook. 
um, who could come more into play depending on uh, the game script. Whether it's a lo- if it's a low scoring game, um, we we might see fucking 150 yards out of Delvin Cook. So um, it's really going to depend on how that all plays out. Uh, John, uh, I think beats projections. Jesse does not. And uh, it's a very exciting matchup of a team that scores 115 points versus a team that scores 120 points in favor of John, because that is the nature of John's team. Jesse and I will be watching that at a bar in Key West. I fucking love that for you guys. I I appreciate it. I'm I'm very excited about, uh, well, you know what? We'll do a cheers, a muzzle tough to uh, the sexual deviant to uh being less less uh sexual uh deviancy and uh getting married this weekend so hey can cheers. can uh can one of um one of the league members who's going to be there that has a fucking modern age uh cell phone like facetime me and just like you know i want to be part of it that's all i'm saying um <laughs> we'll do <laughs> no you won't it's somebody else will right. jesse and literally anybody but you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're also looking at uh, Fine Whiskey Colin in 11th place versus Not Retarded Won't Kill Myself Shane uh, in 10th place. Um, this is a dead heat matchup. And both teams are expected to score around 121 points. And um, when I say that, I mean literally uh, within a point of 121 points. Um, Shane, uh, I feel like his projections are probably about right, and maybe DJ Moore uh, potentially goes for a little bit uh, higher uh, of a score. Maybe Joe Mixon, depending on how the game plays out, where Colin, um, like the matchups for basically everyone um, except for Devante, he's probably good enough to, to overcome a, a bad matchup, but uh, I feel like uh, Antonio Gibson probably scores 25 um, or and not twelve, and uh, I, I think I think Colin comes out ahead on this one. I feel like this is probably like a potential like uh, toilet bowl like last place matchup. <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little preview of the toilet bowl. Yeah, exactly. A preview. Of who's going to be showing some leg? <laughs> Brendan, you're looking at yes, sir. I've got uh, the 6th place Brett taking on the 7th place Travis. Asan Unique is his new name. Don't have any idea what that means. But current projection has a 133 to a 110 point victory for Brett. So Brett has the, uh, the magic of Justin Fields on his side. And he's got a phenomenal matchup against Atlanta. I, I think the big question mark here on Brett's side, as we spoke earlier about, is Allen Robinson, and he takes on the Saints. And without Cooper Cup there, it's going to be really interesting to see how this offense performs. Uh, the Saints' defense has been meh of late. I'm not sure if Marshawn Lattimore is going to be back here, but regardless, the Rams' offensive line is not very good, and Cooper Cup was that go-to-him-whenever-you-can type of, type of deal. So we'll have to see if Allen Robinson can step into his role, and uh, we'll see what kind of uh, performance he's going to have here. He's projected it for 12.5. I, I personally don't think he's going to step up to the plate here. Um, my, my prediction is going to fall short of that projection. Um, Brett also has a tough matchup with uh, James Conner. He takes on the 49ers defense, who 
just stopped Austin Eckler, so um, that's going to be a tough one here for Brett. He's projected 18 points. And then also uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, he's on a, a two-game kind of garbage st- streak, really. Um, the Saints offense as a whole has just been pretty bad, and as a result, Kamara's kind of just stuck with it. Um, we'll have to see this week if it gets better against the Rams. Really good defensive line. Uh, over on Travis' side, um, he's going to start Taysom Hill as his tight end <laughs> once again. <laughs> um, so Travis, as we all know, <laughs> paid $46 for Taysom Hill, and he has not broken 12 points since that day, and he has scored two points in the past two weeks. So... <laughs> <laughs> really um, great fucking ROI right there. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good use of fab funds there for Travis. Um, <laughs> but so Travis had uh, Mike Evans, who's on bye this week. So uh, I guess his, his fill-in for Mike Evans, he's going to give a shot to Chase Claypool. And uh, he has yet to break four points while on the Bears. Uh, this is a, a really good opportunity here for him to, to show out against Atlanta and uh, really take the top off the defense. So although he's only scored four points, I, I got I kind of got a feeling here he's going to have a good game. Um, so big week here pre- predicted by me for against the Falcons. And then um, I also think that Travis beats his projection of 110 points and actually beats Brett in this matchup. I'm calling the upset for two very mediocre teams. <laughs> Honestly, like that that is a really good matchup. Those are two guys who are just going to I feel like for the rest of the year just fight out for the uh the uh sixth place spot. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like four or five or possibly even six teams that are just kind of on that bubble right now. There's still quite a long ways to go, but I mean, at least there's a lot of people competing this year. Agreed. So my uh, my last matchup here, we have Mike, who is currently in ninth place, and he takes on um, Scott, who is in last place. Yahoo currently has this projected as a 137 to 130 point victory for Mike. So Mike ends up paying up for Christian Watson on the waivers. I think that's kind of the big question mark here for Mike's team because to date, I mean, you really haven't been able to trust any Packer wide receiver. So I guess we'll have to see. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can bench him after the last week and what he did and going up against Tennessee. So we'll have to see here from Mike 30. I think he spent $30 on him. Yeah. That's, that's going to be tough to get an ROI on that, but we'll see as well. Uh, AJ Brown will, I mean, he rolled his ankle in the last game here and he also had a disappointing game but he does have Indianapolis this coming week. So if, uh, if his ankle is good to go, I think this should be a pretty good matchup here for A.J. Brown. And then um, over on Scott's side, he's got some great matchups. Um, it's Greg Dulcich against the, the Vegas Raiders, Brian Robinson against Houston. A, he also has Darnell Mooney against Atlanta, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how the target share shapes up Darnell, uh, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. Um, and then also Debo against Arizona. Um, it'd be kind of nice for Scott to get Debo Samuel back to his normal self. I mean, it's been, I think, four weeks, including the bye, where Debo just hasn't done much, and he, he was out one of those games. But it would be kind of nice to get him back to his normal self. Um, I'm really liking the matchup here for Scott, and I think he's also going to get the upset in this game. Nice. 
Ooh. Going for it. So I'm going to start off by saying the integrity that Brendan has shown before the podcast even started. I had uh, I had Sam's leggings and uh, colonization, and Brendan refused to do it. Wow. He said, somebody else needs to take this. <laughs> I, I, I can't do it. I'm not uh, that much of a narcissist. I can't talk about myself. It's just not fair. Somebody please switch with me. So Good on you. Really, I'm just ignoring talking about something. So you'll come across it here in a second. <laughs> uh, have you set your lineup yet, Brendan? Because at the time you were at about 120, but uh, you had uh, fucking Lenny in there um, who was yeah, on a bye week. That's what I was avoiding because I have no idea what to do. So, yeah. <laughs> One guy that's at least a running back uh, on your bench. So, I mean, like... We've already mentioned it, like, fucking, uh, something's better than zero. Yeah, has I'm not sorry, Contrail Hilliard. Has the trade deadline passed? Because we might have a deal here. I, I've got uh, some dealers out already. Okay. The so deadline's the 19th, so absolutely, um, it is, it is still up in the air. Right. Uh, but yeah, so he's got, a uh, Kittle and Eckler and Wandale Robinson. They all look like they're on a great matchup. And uh, Brendan's, if he's going to be looking for big days out of anybody, you know, those are probably going to be his guys. Uh, Eckler, I got him in a couple other leagues, and the guy shows up to play. And when he's got a, a positive matchup, usually you're going to see uh, some big numbers from him. Uh, everybody on his um, on his bench, what? I can't even read what I'm talking about sometimes. <sighs> Everyone else on his bench doesn't have a stellar matchup. Why does it matter if their bench people don't have stellar matchups? So that doesn't matter. Uh... <laughs> uh, but Hertz, um, he's a top three. He's a one of the top three fantasy football players in uh, in the league right now. He's on a negative matchup, but uh, we're just going to assume that he's going to be okay. Uh, that guy gets his no matter what. So. Um, yeah, I think Brendan's probably going to be showing up right around uh, projected points um, with the guys that uh, that have really shitty matchups. Probably going to be lacking, but um, guys like Kittle and, uh, and and Eckler are probably going to be showing up and, and making up for for anybody else that's going to be lacking. Uh, Colin's whole team is looking pretty much at bad matchups. Um, and they're going up against uh, defense that are just getting up next to nothing for their respective positions. But he's got guys like Mahomes and Chubb, and they're on great match. Uh, they're now they're not on great matchups, but they're great players. Um, I don't think anybody can stop Mahomes and Chubb if that uh, that snow game is going to be coming over in Buffalo. You know, uh, a lot of snow. It's pretty. Uh, you know, tail as old as time. You got snow, you got bad weather, uh, you, you hammer the run. It might be a great game for Chubb and for uh, for Kareem Hunt uh, just because of uh, how shitty that weather is. But if it's too bad, that game might not even happen. Um, they've been known to go over to um, have they, – they actually what – what they might do is they, they cancel the game on Sunday and uh, they, they move over to Detroit – and they play a double a doubleheader uh, Monday night football game for the NFL, and uh, they've done that in the years past because I actually went and watched one of those games. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I see. 
I don't know. This game is a, is a coin flip. Uh, I'm going to go with um, upset. Brendan takes him. Brendan takes Colin down. Uh, he's got better matchups, and I think he's going to figure out that uh, that Leonard Fournette issue, and uh, that'll probably be the the deciding factor, honestly. Uh, then we got Dale Hartburn Jr. Uh, <laughs> might, might, be uh, might be my favorite name. Might be my favorite name of all time. It's so good. Uh, that's that's Brooks, uh, and it's going up against uh, Hot Take Chris. So the, these are the two uh, two other hosts on the on the podcast. Um, I love it because now you just got uh, people in the top six beating up on each other. This is probably going to be a game of the week. It's going to be one forty four <clears> to one thirty six at the time that I was writing this for projection. Um, Chris is going to have to deal with Cup not being in his lineup for the first time, other than a bye week. Um, but I still think he's got a really good team, um, and he absolutely still has a chance to win this week. Um, he's he's my pick to actually have the upset um, and uh, have the victory over our dipshit commissioner. And it's really easy to say that without Brooks having to fucking fight me back. Um, I put John Allen because apparently uh, I'm talking about my old um, teacher at University of Maine. Josh Allen, who is actually <laughs> fantasy football relevant, Josh Allen and Gabe Davis, uh, going back to that weather situation over in Buffalo, they they might not be you know having a great game. Gabe Davis, there's no way that guy's going to be having a good game if that weather turns out to be what it is. Josh Allen might stay fantasy relevant uh, with rushing attempts. And, uh, you know, that guy, that guy might have 100 rushing yards. Honestly, I could see that coming from Josh Allen with the game the, the way that it should be. Him and Devin Singletary over on Buffalo's side is probably going to have a day. Um, and then also Brooks has um, Saquon Barkley. He is, uh, he's got a good game, a good matchup on him. Um, and he's going up against the Lions defense, who's super porous. And, uh, you know, if you're going to see somebody that's going to be putting up uh, big points, you're, you're probably going to see a big game coming out of uh, Saquon Barkley this week. And if Brooks is going to win this week, it, it, you're going to see a monster game out of him. Other than that, like, I, I, don't, see, I don't see it happening. And that's what I got. I feel yeah, like... The, uh, the next- I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I, I, I don't like this matchup for me at all. I feel like I'm going to lose, but um, I feel like the other the other factor here is um, Trayvon Diggs might pick off every pass intended for Justin Jefferson this week, so that might be a zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, next segment's always, uh, or not always, we start doing uh, the... Travis the idea hamster, but we already went through that one, so we'll just skip on down to Ellen Degenerates Degenerates Gambling Corner for the gambles uh, of the gambles with the gambling. Yeah, so I've got uh, Brendan's Brooks's dick is too small to do doggy under of the week. Yeah, so yep. I'm going with the Rams and Saints under 39. Both offenses are utter garbage, and uh, yeah, under 39 seems like a pretty easy one here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't recover. <laughs> Matt Stafford, oh god, Matt Stafford, Sands Cooper Cup is pretty fucking atrocious. 
Um, I'll take Chris's value plays of the week for DraftKings uh, this week are Hayden Hurst after a, a little bit of a hiatus for 3,500 against against Pittsburgh, who is also not leaving the Eastern Time Zone. In case you guys didn't know. Yeah, the whole city of Pittsburgh does not leave the Eastern Time Zone. Yeah, they they put it to a vote and they decided to not move. Yeah, Hayden Hurst, uh, thirty five hundred against Pittsburgh is is looking pretty good. Um, and then uh, Van Jefferson, um, this is definitely kind of a dart throw and maybe a little bit too expensive for forty five hundred. But Van Jefferson at New Orleans for forty five hundred. Um, stepping in for Cooper Cup is probably um, a, a fair bet, and uh, I will say that I feel like Darnell Mooney, um, like Brendan was alluding to earlier, is is probably a really good play. It's just um, not really a really good value. Um, I think he was like 5,700, which is still pretty good, um, but just not a super good value, that's all. Yeah, so I got another uh, Heinz 57. Um, so if you bet my Heinz 57 each week, you would have uh, put up $114, and you would have only lost, I think, 17 So uh, we're doing pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this one I like a lot this week. Uh, I got uh, Titans versus the Packers. I think the Titans are going to ram it down the Packers' throat. Um, it is plus 145. Uh, Pats and Jets. Uh, do I think the Pats are going to win? Maybe. I think the Jets are, are, are super shifty and something just might happen. Um, I got the Jets out plus 150. Uh, these are all money line as well. Uh, Bears versus Falcons. Um, Justin Fields is looking fucking dynamite right now. I got Bears over the Falcons, plus 145. Uh, Rams and Saints. Uh, Saints stink. And the Rams might figure something out. Uh, Rams at plus 150. Vikings-Cowboys. I think the Vikings are just a better team than the Cowboys, uh, hands down. And they're actually at plus 105. And then uh, Giants over the Lions. Lions are actually a decent team. Uh, Lions just are, I don't know, depends on which Lions show up. But... I th- still think the Giants win this. They're at the minus 105. That's your loss mitigation game. Uh, 57 bucks and max payout at $1,161. Don't hate that. Don't hate it at all. Oh, I like it. Yeah. So listen to this. Uh, get into my hotel. Bringing up my McDonald's. Two dudes jump in the elevator with me. And a uh, guy just looks at me and goes, so what do you think of this hotel? I said, uh, I don't know, it's my first time here. He goes, yeah, you should probably lock your fucking door. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, I stay here all the time because it's cheap. And, uh, like, I've just had people, like, bust in my room and try and steal shit. So, like, just uh, make sure your doors are locked when you go to bed. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Fucking what? I mean... That's... You had an extended stay in America, or what? Holy shit. <laughs> I'm at a... Uh, no, I'm at a, a Holiday Inn, man. Like, uh, I'm in Miami, and I used uh, free points, and I, I got uh, I got this place for two nights, and I'm just uh, fucking soaking it up. I got a suite. Like, it's not a bad hotel, but and it's not in a bad part of town. Like, there's a fucking Publix right next door, so 
they don't put those next to the pores. So what's uh what's what's on the agenda for the next couple of days? We got a wedding coming up, huh? Yeah, so I got uh, I got a nice car. I got a uh, I got a RT Challenger, and uh, I might actually right after this go to Top Golf, uh, and then probe for some intel to play golf tomorrow somewhere in Miami, and then uh, I might try to squeeze in nine holes on Friday, and I'm going to drive the uh, the bridge to Key West and uh, hang out with everybody Friday, play a uh, golf and Key West round for Scott's bachelor party on Saturday, and then I'll just be uh, watching the games, drinking, and once the 1 o'clock games get done, Scott's wedding starts on Sunday and fly home Monday. I just want to say I uh, <clears throat> wish you the best, Karate Scott, and uh, congratulations, and also uh, you just brought to my memory that uh, for a dude who plays golf once a year uh, Karate Scott, not that bad No, for the amount Scott plays, like usually his best round is the first round and then he goes downhill, but usually he drinks and he has a good time Scott's company is always welcome As you should, exactly Yep, yep. I really enjoyed hanging out with Scott uh, over over draft weekend, that was fun Brendan though fuck that guy that was terrible. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan has grown has grown into his own over the years. I actually at one time said I, re- I refused to play with Brendan because he got really pissy pants one time. And uh, that was actually the weekend that Karate Scott um, became a thing. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, it was the greatest thing ever. Uh, Brendan, Brendan just kept, like, doing dead pull drives to the left. And... Uh, and like he would just skip holes, and then he would sit on the tee box for the next hole as everybody's putting, and he's just sitting on the tee box pouting. And we're like, "This isn't fun, Brendan." And he's like, "Fuck you guys! Let's just keep playing." <laughs> Dude, yeah. Well, I think that was also the year where we had a rule where you can shotgun a beer and. Oh my god! You were going so hard. Yeah. By the third hole, I think I'd already shotgun three beers. So. Yeah. Anything over. Game. Yeah, anything uh, triple bogey, you lost a point. Oh, no. And if you shotgunned a beer before you teed off, then you you got that point back. So there was a, a beer minimum that we had, but also those shotgun beers didn't count towards your beer minimum. Oh, no. It was a bad time. Dude, the thing is, that was such a nice course, too, and I want to go back and play it so bad with a a more calm Brendan. Yeah, you you got super salty, but I mean, like, Brendan, if we go over the years... We could probably pick out one one round that everybody like somebody had a salt was salty like one round here or there like it, it, it happens to everyone. Yeah, Brendan and and Shane and I played the scramble round together and like against all odds, like I, I feel like actually had a good time. We didn't play all that well. We did okay, but uh, fucking Brendan's brother, who shall not be named on this podcast, came over to me on this like third hole. And handed me a joint, and uh, 
<laughs> it was all fucking downhill from there, man. Like the fact that the fact that Shane and Brendan both decided to tolerate me for the rest of the round was fucking <laughs> lovely. Lovely. I honestly. do remember hearing uh that that short par three over the ravine, uh like a hundred yards, and Shane takes out a lob wedge. And he's like, yeah, it's just an easy lob wedge. And he skulls it like 120 yards he put like, it over, the the track. Track. Yeah. over the train tracks. I was yeah. like, uh, honestly, I was like, hey, man, like, and I have no concept for how, pe- how far people hit the ball because I'm so fucking short off, <laughs> off of any club. But I was like, you sure you're going to hit this 100 yards with your lob wedge? He's like, oh, yeah, totally. I was like, okay, go ahead. And then he fucking <laughs> hits it like 140 yards. Over the train tracks. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> and it was just like only a, a couple of days later I saw like Dustin Johnson's stock yardage for his like 60 degree lob wedge. It was like 120 yards, 110 yards, something like that. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I hit mine like, I hit mine like 60, literally like 60 yards. That's why I was so like yeah. astounded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm not saying Shane can't do it, but like, that's some fucking distance. And oh yeah, I, I like, yeah. No, like I, I don't have any doubt about. I mean, people know their yardage. I, I know my yardage. Oh yeah, that's, fucking that's extremely well. Like, I trust everybody who says they know their yardage. But uh, Shane plays enough golf. If he says he's going to hit a club, something I, I tend to trust him. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I was, uh, I was more impressed than anything. And then he hit it over the train tracks like Brooks did about 16 times that weekend. <laughs> well, none of you guys made a divot on the green, so. Yeah. I bet he's still fuming. <sighs> Probably. He has every right to. I, we should... I, 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 I should send him a Christmas card. I'm not saying for next year, but we should probably go back there just to, just to say hi. No. Yeah, I'll bring a gift card to Under Armour for Sam. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, I was gonna say you should probably get get her something. Maybe get some, her some Lululemons. Get her some like some some more some leggings that are a little bit like more compressive, just a little bit more like they just suck everything in a little bit more. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, you guys, you guys who didn't attend, you really missed out. All right. Well, Just, I, I think I think we we did it for this week, guys. I, you know what? I I had I had low expectations going into this, but I think it was okay. I think we did well, Brennan. Thank you very much for joining. Stellar Absolutely. job, stellar it's job, young man. Did a great Thank job. Thank you. Thank you. All right, fellas. Well, uh, it's been another edition of the Hot Dogs at the Trend podcast. Hope you enjoy, and uh, we will see you next week. Have fun, guys. We'll see you.